Imagine a world in which post-traumatic stress no longer robs from the millions who suffer, where spouses, children, communities, and organizations get back the ones they love. Post-traumatic stress is often treated as an illness that can only be curbed, but this is wrong. PTS is an injury that can be healed quickly so that those affected get back to doing what they're meant to do, thrive. Join us as we discuss the latest innovation in the treatment of PTSD, specifically the reconsolidation of traumatic memories, what we refer to as the RTM protocol. We regularly feature guests who have successfully cured PTSD to inspire hope in all those who still struggle, hope in what is possible. This is Life After PTSD. I want to welcome everybody to another episode of Life After PTSD. We're just having an amazing ride going on right now with this show, telling the stories of clinicians who are getting trained in the RTM protocol. It's been an amazing journey telling stories. And so today, like usual, we just, I feel like the episodes are getting better and better and better, not because we're getting better and better and better, we're getting better guests and better stories. And it's just been awesome. So um, I want to welcome back on the show. You guys like rock stars for us. Janine Sullivan and her daughter, Allie Sullivan. You guys are from Parkland. Allie, student at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School. Say hey to everybody. Bye. You're well loved out in the audience <laughs> at this point. Um, you guys are talking with us in Orlando. This is Jeff. We've got Carrie Russo, Lori Norman, um, who is counselor that works with, with Allie and, and has for, for a little while now. So you definitely know that you're on the phone with people who just think the world of you guys already. Allie, in the previous episode, you shared your story. It was an amazing story, powerful story. Still enjoying fireworks? I'm just curious. Yep. Still Good. enjoying them. Awesome. Part of your journey was to um, not just get healing for yourself, but, you know, to leverage your voice. Um, we talked in the previous episode about some of the treatment that the students weren't getting, you know, at Douglas and everything and how, you know, you had a passion and a desire to share sort of the, you know, what you've received, what Lori has done with you through, our, you know, with RTM. And you've done that already. And so um, you have a buddy on the line. I want to welcome Delaney Metcalf and her mom, Christine. What's up, guys? Hi. How you doing? Pretty good. How are you? Good. Hey, what's the what's the what's the weather like right now in South Florida? You got good weather? Ridiculously hot. Ridiculously hot. See, Carrie was down with me last Wednesday and the wind half blew her away. She had to go hide in the car, literally put the air conditioning on her car, I think at 85 heat. degrees. Heat. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, the heat, yeah. sorry. <laughs> Driving back, I can't, even, I, I can't even begin to tell you guys how miserable that experience was. And I'm like, Carrie, I've, I'm from here. This is the one day of the year in Coral Springs that the weather is below like 92 degrees. You need to enjoy this, take off your jacket, turn the heat off, put the windows down. And so anyway, she just did not do it justice the experience. Guys, welcome. I'm so glad to have you. Delaney, tell me your story. Maybe start with whatever you're willing to share about February 14th, 2018. And in your own time, lead us up to your conversation with Allie about therapy. So um, on the 14th, I was actually in the drama room, which is a cross the field from the freshman building. We um, were in the middle of rehearsal and everything kind of happened. I was actually with Alexandra and it was really hard afterwards. Just like little things would really freak me out and I would get triggered really easily like any sudden noise. It was just really awful and my mom and dad wanted me to start doing therapy but I was very against it. I didn't want anything to do with the therapist or I just didn't really want to talk to anyone. I kind of was keeping to myself. And 
my parents managed to convince me to do group therapy with a therapist that some friends of ours used in the past, Lori. And so me and Alexandra and another one of our friends decided that we were comfortable talking to a therapist if we were together. So we did that. We had a group session, the three of us, and it was fine. I wasn't too stressed out about it. It also wasn't something that I necessarily wanted to pursue. And some time passed, and you know, at least started going to worry. And she was kind of talking to me about how therapy was helping her, but I was kind of being stubborn, and I still just really didn't want to talk to anyone about like what was going through my head. And finally, it just got to the point where my parents were so worried and so, like, distraught by me. Um, they kind of forced me to go see Lori by myself. And the first couple times, I was still very, very against it. But I think after, like, the third session, I was very much enjoying it because I was starting to get comfortable. And I'm just really glad that I started because it's been great. So you guys get connected with Lori. I mean, Delaney, you start your process. With it. What? First of all, we did some filming with you a week or so ago, and it was very yeah. evident that early on you did not want to go to therapy at all. Um. Yeah, I was very, very against it. I, I, I don't know. I feel like there's this stigma around therapy where people think, oh, if you go to therapy, like you have something wrong with you and all that which obviously now it's pretty clear that it is far from the truth. But I was very worried that people would think like, oh, you go to therapy, you're weak. And I didn't want to come off as weak. And I also just, it also just wasn't something that I necessarily wanted to talk about at the time. I was very closed off and just didn't really want to share my emotions and my feelings. And so I specifically did not want to share my emotions and feelings with a complete stranger. And I had this, thoughts where I'm like this person didn't go through what we went through like how could they ever possibly understand like how am I supposed to like talk to someone who didn't go through what I did because at first I was very much only willing to talk about it with my friends who had went through it and now I think it's great talking to someone who didn't necessarily go through it because they can see things from a different point of view and sometimes it's good to get that different point of view to like level your head. So Delaney, yeah, we've, we hear that as therapists sometimes like, wait, if you didn't go through what I went through, how could I, how could you help me? But the other question, so that's a really good observation um, that it can be helpful, but what was the one thing that convinced you? Okay. Other, other than your mom dragging you, I'm curious. I mean, was there something that was said or Delaney was coming to me a lot and asking for a lot of things that I couldn't really help her with. And it got to the, I, I was just like, Delaney, I'm not a therapist. I don't know how to help you with this. I don't even know how to help myself with this. The only thing that's really going to help you is if you go, go to a therapist and they're going to be, if you go to Lori, Lori's been helping me a lot, then she's going to be able to help you the way that she helped me. And I think that will really benefit you. And I, I remember talking to Delaney about that and she's like, okay, I think I'm going to go. And I was like, good, <laughs> please do. Ali, I want to ask a question, and this is for both of you girls. Um, do you think a lot of that is still going on with students trying to help each other because maybe they're just, unlike you guys, maybe they just don't have a resource? I see it all the time. Like, it, it happens constantly. People are going to each other because it's the same thing 
that Delaney said, like, people want to go to people who have been through it because they don't really, they don't want to open up to other people. Yeah, 100%. Like, it's very much kind of us caring each other and working together to um, heal and solve each other's problems and everything. Delaney, the first time I approached you with trauma therapy, how did you feel about that? I was a little nervous, but I was also very willing because I wanted things to get easier because I was just at the point to where I like I was just a mess and so I was really open for anything that could possibly help calm me down. I want to ask a question of both of you because I I don't think we should take this for granted. You know, you guys live, um, we all live, but um, when I was a a high school student, we didn't have, I mean, maybe a few of us had cell phones. We didn't have smartphones if they are are smart. (laughs) We didn't have that. We didn't have this inundation of, of media. You didn't have instant knowledge of, you know, every event that was going on. I, I assume that there were probably, there were students in your high school that were finding out about the incident on social media, weren't there? Yeah. I, I think I heard yeah. a lot about that. That was just, just crazy. So given that you've been kind of inundated and we live in this world now that just has such a, a mass exposure to these crazy, crazy events that happened, was there ever a time after February 14th where you even question, you know, is this a trauma? Have I gone through something like this? I mean, you know, I think a lot of us think, well, that's, that's what somebody else went through. That's like what happened over there. When did you, when did you finally realize that, oh my gosh, like we went through something that was not only horrific, but absolutely just insane. Do you ever have that it, sort of dialogue? It took a long time for it to actually fully sink in. Like for the longest time, it felt like it was a dream and that like I was going to wake up because obviously you see that kind of stuff on TV, yeah. but you never think that that's going to happen like where you live, like at, like in your home. And so it was really just surreal and crazy at first. Some people thought that it was a drill because we were supposed to be having an active shooter drill. And so even after we realized that it wasn't a drill, a part of me was still just waiting for someone to say like, oh, it's a drill. Like it's not real because it just seemed so crazy that it was actually happening. And I, I think it probably took me like at least a month for it to actually like sink in that like this is actually something that happened and like it's serious. As adults, we don't understand it. We can't wrap our heads around it. Yeah. And we, I mean, even as adults, you know, I, Jeff and I live here in Orlando. And um, I came down and worked with a family down there who requested it a few months after, actually right after the summer or during into the summer. And when I came back, like my kids had just started school and I saw my kids all coming out of school one day after I'd been down there. And I, I could see all the stuff that, you guys, what happened, you know, in my head. And I thought, this is awful. Like it honestly gave me a little bit of panic. And uh, I thought this is vicarious trauma. And I only heard about it. I didn't experience it at all. Like you guys did. Yeah. And and so I want to talk to the moms in that, because those of us who are parents just, you know, we cannot imagine it's a parent's worst nightmare. No doubt. There's no question about that at all. You know, for both Christine, Janine, just talk if you would please to what your experiences were. You sent your girls off to school the morning of February 14th and the same people didn't come home that day. No, the same people definitely, I mean, they were, you know, innocent children to us, especially to moms. They're always innocent children, but no, they didn't, they didn't come home the same. And I think what we're talking about with social media and different things like that and just having so much media now, 
I remember she she had texted me that day and said something's not right. The fire alarm went off twice. So I just immediately got in my car and started heading that way. I hadn't seen the news. I hadn't heard anything. I wasn't on social media. It was only family members calling to tell me that, you know, there's a shooting at Allie's school. Is she okay? I didn't know if she was okay. So as I sat, as I got as close to the school as I could, and the helicopter started to fly over and the SWAT team started to pass me, I looked up and I remember thinking, oh my gosh, I am the movie. Like I am yeah. the mm. new, I am, I am, we are the movie like that you see, but we're, and I think that's why it was hard for all of us to, um, you know, the next day, the next week, cause it was like, it was a movie. We were in a movie. This didn't, this didn't happen. Didn't happen. Yeah. Janine, yeah. when did you, when did you know that Allie was okay? Um, luckily she was able to text me. She texted me and said, Delaney's, she has a brother like at Westglades, you know, that their school shut down. So I was like, wait a minute, both schools shut down. So that's when I kind of left. And then she was pretty much texting me every 10 minutes or so, just saying, I'm okay. We're in the room. I'm with this person. So, you know, this is where I am. So once I started to see a lot of police and SWAT show up, I was able to tell her it's okay. The police are here. Just be quiet. Yeah, um, yeah. so we had to wait about an hour and a half, I guess, until I knew she was actually safe. When did you because get to actually see her though? It was an hour and a half before you knew, but when did you actually get to reunite? About an hour and a half, maybe hour and 45 minutes. I actually, Christine and I ended up parking at the same place. Oddly enough, I just told her where I was. Um, I actually stayed a little bit back from the school so that I was able to escape in my car quickly. Cause I didn't know what else was happening. We remember we didn't, the shooter wasn't caught. Yeah. So we yeah. got our kids and I didn't know if he was still in the street. I didn't sure. know where he was. I just wanted to get her in my car as quickly as possible. So I knew she was talking to me on the phone when she escaped. She ran toward me in the street. I ran toward her, toward the school in the street. And we just met in the street and I got her in the car and just got her out of the area as quickly as possible. Christine, what's your take? I'd love to hear from you as well. Well, mine's a, a little chatty and I, I apologize for that, but I had, just gotten home from getting groceries and I was literally putting groceries away and Delaney texted me and said mom we're in lock you know we're in lockdown we are in the closet in Hertzfeld's class and we are hearing gunshots and I'm really scared I don't think it's a drill Mm -hmm. and I literally just kept putting away groceries and I'm like, oh, no, baby, I'm sure it's a drill. I was just like, I love you so much, but I, I, I'm sure it's a drill. It's, it's got to be a drill. Mm. And I said, just stay there. I said, do whatever Ms. Hertzfeld tells you to do. I said, and, and, and I'm right here. Just I, I literally, I'm not going to lie. I said, keep me posted. I, I just couldn't even fathom that it was real. And then literally... I don't even think it was two minutes later, I got a text message from my son who was at the middle school and Ryan texted me and said, mom, we're in lockdown. I am under my desk in math class. There is something going on at Douglas and I'm really scared. Mm. And so then I immediately texted Delaney back and I said, basically, I think, I think what any parent says, you know, I love you so much. I don't know exactly what's going on, but I'm headed in that direction. 
just do whatever Miss Hertzfeld tells you to do. And so then I jumped in my car and as I'm exiting our neighborhood, I did what every person in the world is not supposed to do. I grabbed my phone and I checked our neighborhood Facebook page and somebody had posted it active shooter at Douglas. Mm. And and I called my one of my best friends that lives in this neighborhood that we carpooled together for middle school and I and I knew, you know, her daughter is is there also and I said, Have you heard from Macy? And she said, Yes, there you know, yes, there is a shooter. I am on my way. And so I just I just drove, tried to get as far as I could and then like Janine said, we actually and, you know, there's so many ways towards the school and we actually ended up in the same place. And that's honestly when you know it's real and, you know, and we just parked where we could park. And then that's when like all this, like, I don't even know, like just, you know, Miami SWAT, West Palm SWAT, Coral Springs, Coconut Creek. There were just all these SWAT vehicles that had cut through one of the neighborhoods um, to head towards Douglas in the other direction or, or you know what I mean? They coming from that direction mm-hmm. and just, and by then there's just piles of people, cars everywhere, people out in the street. And like Janine said, I, I feel the exact same way. I'm looking around and I'm like, I am in the middle of a movie scene. This is, it's not real. I still felt like it wasn't real because how could this be happening? And then I can't remember if it was before Janine. I can't remember if it was before you got there or while you were there. There was just this like onslaught of freshmen, kids that had come out of the 1200 building and were heading towards us. And two of my dear friend's daughters were in that group. And one mom, one mom works at Douglas. And so she was in lockdown in student services. I actually volunteer with her as a secretary. And she couldn't get a hold of her. And so I just, and then I called or I texted my friend Casey and said, Sarah is with me. And I just kept them with me until I could get a hold of anybody. And then, we, and then I just waited. And I don't think I got to Delaney until, because she didn't, her and Allie, I think, got separated when they exited. And Delaney went one way and Allie went the other. And I honestly don't think it was. <laughs> It was until like almost five when I got to Delaney. So it had been like two and a half hours. And that's two and a half hours, way too long. The the, the nightmare that nobody wants to ever get that phone call. But um, I think it's interesting how um, I heard you say you immediately took in like your friend's daughters. It's interesting how the community does bind together when these things happen. One thing I was going to say is, you know, we're talking about kids and, and all the trauma they've experienced. But as a mom, I have four kids. There is not, I can't imagine that there's one parent that is not traumatized from that day that had children there. Because um, just like I said, the thought of when I came back and I just saw my kids coming out of the school building, you know, all the kids at once. And the thought of that happening was, you know, very obviously disturbing. And when you get that call, there's there's no... In, you get that message, you know, through Facebook or through the, you know, you get the text, we're on lockdown. Um, I can't imagine that you don't have some trauma or don't have some reservations when you sent your kids back to school. Um, and so I just would encourage parents, you know, to, to share that and, and get help. Um, I'm not necessarily saying you guys need to, but I just, I, in general, I think 
that sometimes we forget about the parents and the teachers and you know, I know the teachers have been the first line of defense is what they are saying, or the teachers feel like that. Mm-hmm. We've talked to some teachers and they say that, you know, the, the school administration has said to them, hey, you're the, you're the one that these kids are going to come to and talk to about these things. And the teachers don't know how to deal with it, you know? And so I just think there's so much wrapped, wrapped into this, so much trauma wrapped into this. It's overwhelming. It is. It is. Um, hey, Life After PTSD listeners. We're glad that you love other stories of healing, but what about you? First Orlando Counseling is the premier trauma therapy center in Central Florida with a full staff of trained clinicians ready to help you clear your trauma without re-traumatization. Childhood abuse, relationship abuse, a traumatic car accident, birth trauma, first responder or military trauma, even phobias. You don't have to live like this. It's time for you to heal. Schedule a consultation today by visiting firstorlandocounseling.com or call 407-514-4470. It's that easy. Daily stress is difficult to avoid, but you can better cope with it thanks to the unique natural frequency technology within all Philip Stein watches. Recent clinical studies have shown that wearing it regularly can significantly improve cognitive functions, mood, and perceived stress. Philip Stein natural frequency technology visit philipstein.com and use promo code ptsd10 that's philipstein.com promo code ptsd10 so so i want to fast forward just a little bit here because you know in the aftermath of this in the days weeks certainly months thereafter um I, i know for both of the moms you know there had to have been a point where you're you're so grateful first of all that you have your daughters but you know, in a sense, you don't have them because they're they're dealing with trauma. They're dealing with a, a struggle. Talk to me about what your next steps were, you know, from there on. I know that, um, you know, Christine, part of that was apparently you sent Delaney to, you know, to counseling. Um, at what point did both of you guys kind of make that decision and, you know, decide to get some help for them? I guess, you know, they were well-adjusted children. I mean, both of them, you know, before. So you kind of get the feeling of, well, if you love them enough, if they say time heals. So I think a lot of it is too, just kind of waiting for time to heal. And then you see them actually getting worse. That's really scary. So like, I guess that's the main thing of just trying to decide you don't want to re-traumatize them by making them talk about it. Cause they say, well, if they talk about it, it re-traumatizes them. So then as a mom, you feel like, well, if you force them to go to therapy, you're re-traumatizing them. So it's a, it's a very hard choice to make. So I'm, so I'm hearing you say you're feeling powerless, but at the same time expecting that the old cliche or adage might be true. Give it some time, but time didn't heal. And so now you're going, oh my gosh, I might be put in a position where I'm going to do, you know, I'm inflicting even more pain potentially on, on yep. my daughter. And even back to PTSD in general, you know, I mean, I don't know where we heard it from. I guess we started Googling or looking or people were talking, but immediately it was basically your child has PTSD. She will deal with it for the rest of her life. She will never be able to be in crowds. She'll never be able to be in an elevator. She'll never be able to go, you know, so we were told that our children would be damaged forever, basically, you know, so we were just in shock of how am I going to deal with this for the rest of our lives? Will she be able to go to college on her own? You know what I mean? So it was almost like, I think as parents, I, you know, maybe I didn't even want to face it for a little while. You know what I mean? Because maybe a therapist would say, yes, she is damaged for the rest of her life. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And that as a therapist, you know, Lori and I are sitting here, you know, when we went to school, that's what we learned, that PTSD is an illness that can't be cured, that you can only find ways to cope with it. But we now know, I mean, that it is an injury that can be healed. 
Janine, I, I, I got into this work working with, with these guys, with RTM and everything, because um, I do, I have shared on previous episodes, I, I do marriage work and we so often, you know, we'll do just some wonderful things with couples and counseling, but then they hit sort of that glass ceiling and you just, you get a sense as, as a coach or a counselor, somebody that's working with them that you're buffering up against something and something needs to be broken through. And so consequently, I, I because of a longstanding relationship with Carrie, I approached Carrie and said, I need something or I need a tool. I need, you know, I need to maybe outsource some things and, you know, let you do some work with some of the people that I'm meeting with because I don't want to do ineffective counseling. I don't want to be six months down the road with a, with a couple and have them even more d- depressed maybe because they didn't get help. And so Carrie, you know, to her credit has, has over the last couple of years has really been studying. I mean, Carrie, your trauma, you didn't train in trauma therapy. No, in fact, in in fact, so I've been a therapist for over 25 years and the first 15 years, um, my first few clients were trauma clients, like right out of school. And what they told us to do is just have them tell their story over and over and over until they got used to it. And it was so horrible. I was like, I never want to do trauma again. And so I did it a little bit here and there, but then I decided that's not my kind of client. I did assessment and I'm not doing that. And then it was about probably 10 years ago, I started doing some trauma just because I had to. There were people I realized just you had, well, because everybody has some kind of trauma. Everybody Mm -hmm. has an experience that was traumatic. So I realized, okay, I can't do good therapy if I don't have some trauma tools. So I, I been trained in quite a few, like Lori, quite a few um, trauma tools for trauma that work well with some people. Um, They don't work with everybody. And what I found when I was trained in RTM was this was the most profound and the least traumatizing. So my clients said, oh, this is, so I had some clients that were from Pulse, being in Orlando. We have some, I had some clients that were there in the building and also SWAT officers that came afterwards that I saw. And so I had done some different therapies with them and they, one of the things that a couple of them said is, this is so much easier and I feel like it was deeper and, you know, more life-changing. And so I was like, okay, well, I need to do this more. And so, so this is, I, I want to turn this over to Lori now. And we're going to kind of close with Lori having a conversation with you guys because Lori in our book is a rock star. She's an all-star for this reason, because like Carrie, she's had many, many years of experience in counseling and training and everything, but still was willing to sharpen the skills and to learn for the betterment of, of clients like you guys, you know, was willing to go and get trained. And so in January, we got to meet her down in Parkland. Um, we knew that we had something with RTM that could help the community of Parkland. So we had, I think, 28 clinicians that trained down there, um, give or take one or two. And Lori was among those. And in my book, Lori, you are a rock star because you're working with these kids. It's one thing to get the training. Like you immediately implemented it and began using it because you had something. And I know that you came back with excitement and said, okay, let's, maybe we can try this. And so why don't you walk us through maybe the, you met with, I think Delaney first to do RTM, right? So First, she's she was the first Parkland student you did RTM with. Is yes, that correct? That's okay, correct. tell me oh, what wow. you were thinking when that went down. So, Delaney, what did you think the first time we did RTM the first day? Um, I thought it was weird, not like a bad weird, just weird because it it was definitely unlike anything that I had ever done before. That's a common but, response. <laughs> yeah, it was it was just weird, but I definitely felt that it helped like even just after the first session walking away I felt better and it was just obviously there was a little bump in the road in the middle to where I kind of got 
a little upset, but it didn't last long and it was very quickly taken care of and I felt so much better afterwards. Delaney, quickly, and how I, quick? Are we talking like a few minutes, few seconds? I a, mean, talk it, to me. A few, it was probably two minutes at the most. I just was really sad because obviously talking about it in detail kind of brings out those emotions. Sure. So there was that little, those few minutes that I was very just distraught, but that passed once we continued on with the therapy. And by the time I was leaving, I just felt so much better. I felt calmer, which I wasn't expecting because I was kind of anxious going into it. So it was really nice leaving, feeling calm and like good with what had happened. And I think it's really important to distinguish between grief and trauma because there's definitely still grief for both of you. I, I know that. And so weeding out the grief and the trauma, would you say that you were in trauma at any time during the RTM uh, for more than a couple of seconds? No, it was definitely mostly just obviously sad talking about it, but I didn't feel necessarily stressed out or anything during it. Okay. And by the time we got to the third one, how do you, how do you feel about that? It was honestly great. Just the difference between talking about it the first session and talking about it the last session was just insane. Like going from, I think I started six or seven on the scale of stress going to a zero in just like three sessions was crazy. I definitely wasn't expecting like that much of an impact in such little time. So it was great. It was really exciting getting to zero because obviously that was the goal. So it was great. There's no so way I can really You and it. Allie have this unique opportunity right now to really make an impact on your peers. What would you say to your peers that have been in therapy or gone to multiple therapists or have you maybe given up or never even gone to therapy? What would you like to say to them? Obviously, this whole situation is just really, really hard. And going to therapy and finding the right therapist might be difficult. But once you find the right therapist and once you really start dedicating time to therapy and just fully putting yourself in it and not really holding anything back. It's just what you get out of it is amazing. And there's really nothing that could possibly match up to just how amazing, like having a good therapy session feels and how much it helps. Like just today, the fire alarm went off and that normally would set me into a spiral of, anxiety and probably I probably normally would have broken down crying but it barely phased me today because of how successful like the therapy sessions have gone and so it it was just great and RCM obviously played a huge huge role in that and I know Allie was saying the same thing we were talking about it today and so I just feel like giving up is definitely not the option like I feel like you should just give therapy your all and it you'll get so much out of it. Like it's so helpful. One of the things uh, that I just wanted to add that the Laney um, talked about, and I think Allie may have mentioned this too in a different conversation is one of the things they really like that you both said you liked about um, RTM is you felt uh, one thing Lori said is you're in control. You're never going to have to re-experience it and feel 
really, really awful and you're in control. We can stop anytime. And, um, yeah. how that, that was something that was really helpful and comforting to both of you, I think. Definitely. Okay. So, and, and just for those of you who have been listening and, you know, we're talking about RTM and all these things, I just wanted to state real quick, you know, what RTM is because, um, you know, I, like I said, I was trained in all these other therapies. I didn't want to do trauma because trauma was just not fun. I didn't want to torture my clients. It wasn't what I got into therapy for. And um, I just love RTM. RTM is a non-traumatizing therapy that allows you to be in control. Um, you will actually know it works after one session. And within three to five sessions, it disconnects that um, those emotions of fight, flight, or freeze that can overwhelm you and often surpass the logic of and hijack your brain. The research studies actually have demonstrated a 92% effectiveness in RTM, which is really crazy. And every time I quote that statistic, I think this is just crazy. I think Lori and I have 100% um, success at this yes. point. And, and actually all the therapists that I know right now have 100% success. So we're just really excited about what it can do. And I just thank you so much for being willing to share your story because you don't know how this is going to help somebody else. You know, and, and if we continue to share our story and tell people, you don't know who you're going to help. And so I just really thank you guys. Thank you, girls. You're not guys for um, being willing and coming on the show. Yeah. And girls, I want to say something to you as well. I, I, I feel like the, the, genera- the generation that you're a part of is so fearless. And it's awesome to see that. Like you're willing to share your story. You're willing to use your voice. I, I would not have had the courage to do hardly any of the things that you guys have done already. And, you know, whether or not that was February 14th, 2018, that, that caused that or elevated that or whatever, you guys have responded. And uh, it's been amazing to see the communities of Coral Springs and Parkland come together, but especially again for me to see the voices of you guys. And I think that you inspire us. The reason that we're working on our end so hard to try and um, bring this to every one of your students and to the faculty and to the parents is because you inspire us. Like you're worth the fight for us. And so I want to commend you for that. Thank you for being worth the fight and don't stop doing what you're doing. I know a big fear for all of the kids down there was that this would be just the next incident that people were going to forget. You're not being forgotten. I can tell you that you are being heard. We're listening. We hear you loud and clear. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, Lori, do you want to say anything to you? These are, these are your girls. So why don't you say something before we, before we close out here and then we'll, uh, we'll call it a wrap. Thank you guys so much for being so brave. You know how much I, I love, love you, you guys. Yeah, I love you. Delaney, I can't see you. I can see Ali's face on FaceTime. I just see this big, wide smile. Lori, she loves you. I know. <laughs> just I, love love those two. I love her too. I can tell I you I love you, Lori. <laughs> well, I was going to say, I can hear it in the tone of Delaney's voice. So, hey, well, if you're out there listening to this episode, if you're perhaps in the communities of Coral Springs or Parkland and looking for help and hope, we want you to send a text or call the number 754-300-4567. Again, that's 754-300-4567. We want to help. If you're out there on social media, you can follow us at Heal Your PTSD on Twitter and on Facebook and Instagram. And uh, just keep listening. We love telling these stories here. We hate that there are tragedies, but we love telling the stories of people getting cured. And so we drop episodes literally every single week on all podcasting platforms, just life after PTSD. And uh, girls, again, um, to Delaney and to Allie, I want to say thank you, Christine and Janine. Thank you for letting us um, spend some time talking to your girls and sharing your own stories. You guys did wonderful. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And uh, great show, guys. Thank Thank you you so much. Thanks for joining us for Life After PTSD. As you listen to this podcast, imagine your new life and all the possibilities when you are free of PTSD because that is what is possible with RTM. 
You are here, which means you're ready. So connect with us at lifeafterptsd.org or in Canada, lifeafterptsd.ca or follow us at Heal Your PTSD.